The Small Queendom Podcast, Episode 42. Welcome to the Small Queen of Podcast. My name is Leah Graham, the host. Here on the podcast, I'm about helping you move the needle from surviving to thriving so you can curate a beautiful queendom. My hope is that through lifestyle and personal development and holistic topics that you can take one nugget away from you. I want to take this opportunity to really encourage you, my friend, if you have not taken the time to learn about your Enneagram type number that you would do that very soon. I love incorporating the conversation into my interviews and today's conversation with my friend Taylor Elise Morrison is no exception to this. So if you do not yet know your Enneagram type number, I really recommend you go to the Enneagram Institute's website and read through the thorough descriptions. The tests really don't do the system justice. Um, You will know that you have found your type when you're reading and you wanna throw your phone across the room or it feels like someone has been listening inside your head. And so let's get on to Taylor because Taylor and I have a great time talking about a myriad of topics But she is a Enneagram three wing four, just like I am. And would you believe that in this conversation, we surprisingly discover that our husbands are also the exact same type. And what a gift it is to know that you share a lot of the similar motivations and feelings and and views about yourself and your future with someone else. It is such an incredible gift. And we are talk about a whole lot of things. So let me tell you a little bit about about Taylor. She has uh, worked in the corporate setting and also the startup space and been very successful there. But now she is branching out and she actually helps mission-driven people and organizations connect with their purpose and build their brand. So she is really comfortable in this branding space. Taylor is also the host of the daily podcast, B-School. So I really encourage you to be sure to check out her show. In this conversation, we specifically talk about the difference between mission and vision. And I think it is so important that we all, no matter if we are business owners or entrepreneurs, understand what we're about and how we actually can activate that mission through our vision. We talk about self-care. Of course, we jam on the Enneagram and also Strengths Finders, which is a, a really great tool if you want to know what you're actually good at and what are some of your strengths. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. I know you're going to really enjoy getting to know Taylor Elise Morrison. She is just someone that you should keep an eye on. Without any further ado, let's get to Taylor. I found out that you were an Enneagram three wing four, which is exactly my type. And I said, okay, I need to talk to this girl. Yeah. And it's been so interesting now that people are putting their Enneagram types out there more. Like I just had a conversation with someone and she was telling me some of the things she struggles with in life and in business. And then I was like, wait, have you taken the Enneagram? Because you sound exactly like what my struggles are. And she was also a three wing four. No way. Yeah. 
That is interesting. Okay. Well, let me ask you the obvious question. What is something you feel like you struggle with as a three wing four? Yeah, it's really hard for me to, uh, well, it's hard for me to do anything where I might fail. Um, and it's hard for me to put myself out there vulnerably in a way where I'm not like controlling the narrative, how people might see me. So I've had to do a lot of work to get like really rooted in who I am and what I want. Cause otherwise I just am like, Oh, that person thinks that's successful. Better go do that. Like the other day I texted my husband talking about maybe like, babe, I think I should get a PhD. He was like, do you want to do that? Or does Taylor Enneagram three want to do that? And I was like, Oh yeah, Taylor Enneagram three. Like I don't want a PhD. <laughs> maybe one day, but right now I don't. I'm telling you, I'm laughing. You all can't see the video, obviously, but I'm I'm just silently laughing here because I have thought about going and getting my master's degree. That would really not push the needle forward where I want to go, but I've thought about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, because it's just like, that would be something successful. More letters after my name, but it's not aligned to where I'm trying to go either, at least not at this point. So there's a lot of reeling myself in because I can just go all over the place chasing other people's definitions of success. Hilarious. Again, I literally was going to ask you, so how do you define success so you stay on the straight and narrow and not get off on tangents? What is success for you? Yeah. So success for me, and especially for the time being, like I've been meditating a lot on this idea of having space So space for me to explore different facets of myself, space for me to make money in ways that still leaves time for me to spend time with the people that I love. And so my definition of success is a lot around doing things that use my gifts and talents well in a way that's aligned to my values and in the aligned to the impact that I want to make in the world. And I really want to help women especially um, develop lives and practices so that they look forward to Mondays. And I like that idea because it's like some people are meant to have a day job and be in careers. And I want them to look forward for, to Mondays. And I want entrepreneurs to look forward to Mondays. And I want stay-at-home moms to look forward to Mondays. So um, just helping people get rooted in their own definitions of success. That's gorgeous. I think that is, uh, that's really important because I think that sometimes we can get so swirling up in what other people think we should be doing or what other people's narrative are for our life or what we think we need to be, what other people are trying to be in their own life. And I think especially for a three to find a place of space and rest and come at things not in a striving manner is really powerful. That sounds like a lot of growth, sister. Thank you. I'm very much in the growing process, but yeah, it does feel good to have those checks to make sure that I'm doing something for me and where I want to go instead of for everyone else. Okay. So let's kind of move a little bit into, um, into self-care. I think that word is really thrown around a lot, but I want to know like, what is the goal of self-care and how for you do you practice it in a restorative way? Yeah, it does get thrown around 
a lot. And kind of like with success, I've had to make my own definition of self-care. And for me, it's about listening to my body and responding in the most loving way possible. And so self-care can look like so many different things. One of my first self-care practices was taking a bath every Sunday night and unplugging before the bath and then not plugging back in until Monday morning. And that was kind of just a nice hard stop of like, if I was working, whatever else I was doing, that's done. I have this bath to recenter. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes I read. Sometimes I journal. And then I'm ready to move into the next week. So that's one of my favorite self-care rituals. Can I ask you about the unplugging? Is the need to unplug so important because you feel like you have a ticker tape of to-do lists always running through your brain? Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's just, I recently took a few days off of Instagram. I feel like it's really easy for me. And again, this might be a three thing to use Instagram or social media as a way to like rank how successful I am. And so in not bringing that energy or thought process with me into my bath, it does let me stop. And yeah, just being on your phone all the time, there is always something else to do. You see a new opportunity or, and you're like, oh, I need to respond to that. Or someone else is doing something and it's like, I should be doing that. And it's too much. One thing that I do when I scroll too much is um, I, I find all these new books that I, oh, I've got to read this one. Oh, I have got to read that one. And I, at this point, I literally have probably about eight books that are in my mind, I need to read them yesterday. Yeah. So it feels kind of frantic. It's yeah. It's very, very, very silly. So what is some advice that you would give to someone if they are wanting to start incorporating certain self-care practices or rituals into their routine? Do you recommend doing something weekly or putting it on a schedule or, or just being intuitive about it? Yeah. Um, so I think for me, I like having intervals. There's a couple different ways that I break down self-care. So one are the proactive practices. So like for me, my bath, that's something that I know sets me up for success for the coming week. Those are good to have on intervals. So it could be daily, weekly, monthly, even seasonally, like I get so excited for a change of season um, just because it's a marker, like we are entering into something new. Um, So that you can kind of play around with. And then there's also reactive self-care practices. So I just had a situation yesterday with one of my neighbors um, and I had to do some like reactive self-care and do some deep breathing and some meditation to get back to a good place. So those aren't necessarily planned on intervals because you can't plan when you're going to need self-care. But it's nice to have a self-care toolkit of different things that you know make you feel good. That's really interesting. I've never heard anyone explain it that way. So well done. So you're saying that you have things built in that you know you do. Mm -hmm. And then you're saying you also have a toolkit of things that as stressors and situations and things not going as planned or maybe a, a, a difficult situation come up, 
you've got things to pull in. So instead yeah. of just like calling your best friend and gossiping about it, which may be fun to do and you do, but yeah, I definitely do that as well. Absolutely. Don't we all, you, you actually rely on that moment to like take a breath and recalibrate. Yes. For me, it helps to have those things. And because when you're upset in a moment, um, you don't want to have to like Google what I can do to calm myself down. And just in full transparency, I totally did deep breathing, but I also did have like a really good talk with one of my best friends last night where we talked about a ton of different things, which I do think can be a form of self-care depending on how you're talking about things. Absolutely. I think it's so important to stay connected. Um, One thing that my best friend has taught me is to literally pick up the phone and call. Like, Mm. you know, messaging and texting is great, but there is nothing like having that voice-to-voice contact. And I think that sometimes it's easy to get away from that. I want us to move a little bit into the idea of mission and vision, because I know you express that you do this um, professionally. You help people uh, brand and kind of um, find their branding voice. But I would like to know what it looks like for people in their daily life to have kind of a mission or a vision or living to certain values and like how we can incorporate that. So maybe my first question is, what is the difference between mission and vision? That is such a great question because it irks me that people think they're interchangeable and they're not. So that's one of my life's goals is that everyone would know the difference between mission and vision. So your mission is what you do. It's in it. I think for us, especially in a Western context and as threes, it's really easy to define what we do is just our work, but it can go beyond that. So your mission short is what you do. Your vision is what happens to the world when you're living in alignment with your mission. So it's that impact that you have. So a company's mission might be Google's mission is something about organizing the world's information to make it more accessible. And that makes sense because everything that they do, Google Mail, Google Search, even like the Google Homes, they're making information accessible and they're organizing it for you. So it's a broad enough mission to encompass everything that they do. Um, But then their vision would be probably something like a world where everyone can access the information that they need to make their desired impact. I'm completely making that up. Totally, but but that makes sense. Yeah, that world that they want. So from a personal standpoint, your mission might be to help people tap into their creativity. And then your vision could be a world where people are the most fully expressed version of themselves. Mm. Okay. That is gorgeous. All right. So if we're just talking to someone not in a business framework, so just a, just the woman, not what she does, not what her business is. And she's like, you know, it's hard for me to separate what I do with who I am, but I want to tap into more about like what I'm here, what my mission is and what my vision is how would you walk someone through kind of finding that for themselves? Yeah, I think it really helps to get down to the why. And that's part of why I find the Enneagram to be so helpful because 
I could be coming, I could be doing something that's really similar to someone who is maybe an Enneagram eight, but where they're coming from is different. And that's kind of, for me, the underpinning of the mission. So yes, to some extent, your mission is going to include what you do. And again, that could be something like helping people tap into their creativity. And that doesn't mean that you have to be an art teacher. You could be helping people tap into their creativity if you stay at home and you volunteer in your kid's classroom. Like that's something that encompasses so many different aspects and facets of your life. And I always also say to have your missions be just specific enough. So don't make it like I help children aged three to five years old tap into their creativity because that just limits you unnecessarily. Um, And then get at that why. So why are you working with those kids? If you said your mission was to help kids three to five years old be creative and then get, get underneath it at that why and you're like, oh, I want them to feel like they can solve problems. I want mm-hmm. to empower the next generation to solve problems. Something like that is oh, a I more exciting mission. So it's understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. So if someone is trying to des- decide, you know, why they do what they do, that that's going to take a lot of questioning. I find that it takes multi-levels of well, why? Well, why? Why do you want people to be, you know, problem solvers? Yeah. You know, why, why do we need more problem solvers? Well, what is the cause of that? You know, it's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion, perhaps. Yeah, it totally is. That's a perfect analogy. Because it's something that just, it it takes a lot of introspection. And I always have to tell my clients that, like, I can give you everything and it's going to seem super simple. But it's also going to be difficult because you have to sit with it and ask yourself those questions of why, and then sit with it some more and keep asking until you find something. I always say like, you want it to feel like your comfiest sweater. Oh, that's gorgeous. It needs to feel like home. Exactly. Okay. All right. So I, I heard you mention StrengthsFinder. I want to talk about that. Um, so I think that the beauty of the Enneagram, just like you said, is it just brings us self-awareness and the self-knowledge. And I particularly love Strengths Finder because it gives you a little bit of a guiding light as well of like, hey, you are good at this. This is what you're really good at. Um, so I'd love to know what is what is some what are some of your top strengths? Yeah. Um, let me see if I can remember them. One of my ones for sure that I resonate the most with is responsibility. Like if I say I'm going to do something, I will do it. It's a, like they say, any strength overused is a weakness because if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, but sometimes it's to my detriment. So I have to be really aware of setting realistic guidelines and deadlines because otherwise I'll kill myself. They call them, I think it's like basements and balconies. Mm. Like your strength can either be like your real high point or a real, um, sometimes it can get in your way. So really quickly before we dive more into this, I'll briefly explain. We're talking about um, the StrengthsFinder test, which is put out by Gallup, and it is an assessment um, that helps you 
see where among 34 noted strengths, what are your top strengths that you really move in easily? And it's nice if you get the full report, you can also see what your lower strengths are. And there's a whole industry around, you know, there are whole counselors and coaches around this, but it is really interesting to find out if you have strategic based strengths, relationship based strengths, um, executing or uh, influencing type strengths. That's a perfect overview of it. I have mine from college, which some of them, I think only one changed, but my strengths are responsibility. Like I said, that's the first one that they put for me. Um, Futuristic. So always looking ahead, which is why I have to pull myself back into those best next steps because I can get too focused on the end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, relator, understanding people's goals and their fears, which I think is part of why I'm so interested in talking about mission and vision and values. And then significance that you could definitely hear come out when I talked about, I felt like my work didn't have an impact is because mm-hmm. it didn't feel significant. And it's not like a I have to be the the savior of the day. It's more like I, I want to know that I'm actually helping people through the work that I do. And then belief. I'm a person who is really keyed into my values, which again, relates back to the work that I do. That's gorgeous. Um, I just did a podcast episode where I talked a little bit, very briefly about the Enneagram stances withdrawing compliant or aggressive and how they relate to time. And the Enneagram three sevens and eights are very future focused. We definitely relate more and it's more of a practice for us to settle into the present moment. Yeah. And so I love that you, um, you mentioned your strengths because I think that, I can see your relator coming out really strong. I'm really high in relator. And that's really getting to know someone like at that deeper level, kind of like an inch wide and a mile deep. Instead of walking into a party and talking to a hundred people, you might walk into a party and talk to three, like the whole night. That's totally me. And that's something that I've had to like see as a strength. Cause I used to feel like I was bad at networking or like a bad party goer, but it's just like, no, I don't want to do the small talk. I want to understand like where you're coming from and what you want in life. Exactly. Me as well. My best friend, it has woo very high and woo while you can have a woo and relater together. Woo is the person that will literally talk or touch or high five or um, connect with all 100 in that party. Exactly. Yeah, Totally. Woo people are really fun, though. I love having someone with woo in my life. Oh, I absolutely need someone with woo in my life. Yeah, it's a great balance. I want to talk about your podcast because it is impressive. You are putting out an episode. Well, actually, you tell us about it. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about your podcast for you. Yeah. So I have a podcast called B School. It is a really short podcast. I try to keep it to five minutes or less. Sometimes it creeps up a little bit and it comes out every weekday. As of right now, I've only made it a commitment for 2019, but really the idea came because I've loved podcasts for like probably over 10 years now. Um, I started listening to This American Life and then found all these other podcasts. And then obviously they've gained popularity since then. And 
my words of the year, I have three, are consistency, collaboration, and confidence. And I felt like this podcast project completely was just like the perfect marriage of all three of them because I'm showing up every day. I get to interview other women. And then also I'm growing in my confidence because I'm speaking more regularly. I'm teaching and sharing my experience. So it's been really fun. It's definitely also given me more access into my creativity because you just got to keep thinking up stuff to talk about. I've really enjoyed it. I haven't caught every episode, but I have caught many of them. And I love that it's literally just like a five-minute snippet. Knowing you, just the short time that I have, you're very inspiring. You find a lesson or a nugget in anything, and you bring it out. And I, I it's really caused me to think um, a lot. And it's, it's been just this great little, uh, this little voice I hear, you know, not, I don't listen every day, but I, I usually listen like three at a time. That's what mm-hmm. I do. That's interesting. Let me ask you, um, I am not very good at, I'm really good at finishing something like 40, 67, 70%. I'm not good with that, that last chunk. So, um, how are you keeping up this consistency to do something like this every day? Because it might just be a five minute podcast, but I know what kind of time it takes to think through your thought, practice it out, outline it, record it, master it, produce it, put it up on Libsyn. So that's a lot of steps. How are you creating um, the endurance, the stamina, and the consistency to follow through? I think really having, I'm first of all in the same way. So that's part of why I gave myself this challenge because me being a three, like if I tell people I'm going to do it, I don't want to fail at it. So I'm going to really try the three and the responsibility come out really strong in this. Um, But yeah, I record episodes outside of interviews on Tuesdays. And I try before then to have all the outlines written out, but sometimes I have to do the outlines and record within the same chunk of a few hours. And then I send them off. I got a podcast editor. I tried to do it by myself for probably, I mean, it two weeks. And then it was just a no-go. So you asked for help. Yes. That was a big thing, asking for help. That's great. Did that. And then he sends them back to me by Friday night. And then I have a whole process that I wrote wrote out to batch process. Like I make the audiogram and I make the graphic for this and I upload it to the podcast host and I schedule blog posts for the people. Like some people will listen to it on the computer. So I want to make sure it's on my website. Um, And then the social media posts that announce it on my Facebook and my Twitter and all of that right now I have it. So it takes me about an hour to do that piece of it if I'm actually concentrating and yeah, just having a process. I can't say enough about having a process. Let me ask you, what is your vision for your podcast? Yeah, I've started to play around with a bunch of different ideas. Um, like I mentioned before, I kind of took a few days break from Instagram and I've just been really thinking about how I relate to that platform and how I can best use it. 
And I'm considering creating a podcast community around B-School. So people who are listening, they can come in and, because I try to always leave with an action or a reflection. So they can come on this community and share kind of how they applied it or additional questions that they had and wanted to discuss. Um, So that's something that I'm playing around with launching. It could be within the next month. So we'll see. And then- Yeah, I'm thinking, we'll see. I'm thinking it might be longer than just 2019, but I also could see me just doing it through 2019, packaging it all up, and then either doing an app where it like randomizes and you can just hear an episode whenever you want, or you can just like listen to them at your leisure. So a lot of ideas and we'll see which one pans out. Right on. All right, Taylor, let's play some Small Queen the Mash. You ready for it? Yes, I'm so ready. Okay. All right. This is your dream world. I would love to know, first off, what would be three types of dream homes or types of dwellings? It could be a style or like any any kind of place you would want to live. Yeah. I'd love an open concept, like mid-century modern home. Actually... So I grew up in Oak Park, Illinois, which is where a lot of the Frank Lloyd Wright houses are. So I would love to live in a Frank Lloyd Wright house. And there's a lot for sale. I just need to make a ton more money to be able to buy them. Um, uh, P.S. Like, this is hilarious. I totally want to have a mid-century house, too. <laughs> so maybe we can pool and you can take half of the house and I can take the other half. Uh, I love how um, it just feels like the outdoors is in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. So that's definitely one. Um, I would love to have probably like something on the beach in Nice, not like literally right on the beach, but walking distance to the beach. Um, I just really like Nice. It's just really calm and really cute. I've never been there. That would be like a nice little vacation spot. And then... The other thing that I would love is probably something in the woods. Not maybe not quite a cabin, maybe more of like a tree house. Three claims to fame. Okay. I would love to be a New York Times bestselling author. Um, this one's easy for a three because it's like I just want everyone to think I'm awesome. <laughs> exactly. Um, I would love to. I've worked a lot with a nonprofit that does work with clean water and I would love to be able to fundraise to build a bunch of wells for them. That's awesome. So yeah, that's something I'd love to be able to do. I just want to be viewed as a really good friend. And that's something that I'm constantly asking myself, like, am I being a good enough friend? So I think if I had people who felt like I was a good friend, that would be a great claim to fame. That is so sweet. And I'll tell you, if you have Relator as your strength, you are a good friend. Thank you. I always need that encouragement because I asked my husband, like, do I really have friends? Like, what if I'm not loving them enough? Oh, (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, I wanted to ask you, what do you know the Enneagram type of your husband? Yes, he's a five wing four. So we definitely relate on the four. 
Is your husband a five wing four too? Oh my gosh, we're twins. He is. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had to have a moment there. I am married to a five wing four. That's so funny. That could be a whole other conversation about like what our marriages look like. I bet there's a lot of similarities. We need to have a group, like a little marriage panel powwow on a podcast. Yeah. yeah. I would love to do that. Because even when I was talking to the woman who was also a three wing four, and there was so much relatability, like talking to another couple and just seeing, oh, I get why this is happening. Like there's some that is, there's some pieces that will be unique to us, but there's so much that's transferable. My husband has started to dig into it and he's all about it now. And he's like, there's nothing about fives. There's like hardly any interviews about fives and there's nothing with threes and fives married. Anyway. So we got to fill that gap. We do. Absolutely. Okay. That's for another day, but I cannot, I'm freaking out. Okay. All right. You ready? Let's go on. Guilty pleasure food. Oh, pasta for sure. Um, Pasta, chocolate, cake, and a quiche. Dream brand collaboration for anything. I like a lot of the Reformation stuff. They're like a green clothing brand. And I've never actually bought anything from them. I thought about getting my wedding dress from them and I ended up going elsewhere. But I just like their point of view. I feel like I would love to collaborate with a hotel or something. Um, just because they have these really incredible spaces and the ability to create experiences. And maybe a hotel with a spa because then we could do like some actual self-care practices more glamorous self-care than most of us probably do on a given in a given day that sounds fun honestly like a donut place my husband and I love donuts so much if I could be sponsored by donuts that would be amazing (laughs) um and then this one just pick one what's your superpower what or dream superpower I was gonna say that I want to be invisible but then I don't think that fits well with me being a three because then if I know like what people are saying about me when I'm not there, then I think I would just be all kinds of messed up. (laughs) So probably like teleportation because then I could travel and not have to pay for airplane tickets and not even have to pay for hotels all the time because I could just like teleport there and then come back home and still be in bed. And with your own pillow. Exactly. That sounds like the dream scenario. Yeah, I want to time travel. That would be my power. Ooh, that's a good one too. I like yours. All right, my friend. You're going to be enjoying your quiche at your beach house in Nice (laughs) while writing your New York Times bestselling book that is also about your donut sponsorship that changed your world. And when you get tired of living the Italian life, you can teleport back to the States. That sounds like the dream. I want that to be my life. (laughs) You up for a couple last quick fire questions before we sign out? Perfect. All right. What is on your nightstand or audible uh, book list right now that you're reading? Yeah, I just won a bunch of books by James Baldwin. My, uh, My local theater from the town I grew up in was giving away these books. And I guess no one pays attention to their Facebook. So I think I was one of two people entered and I won like a bunch of his books. So those are next up in my queue. Um, Yeah. Awesome. Favorite Instagram follow? 
Ooh, this is hard. I follow so many great people. Mm-hmm. Um, I just followed someone who I believe it's called Sensitive Recipes. And it's like these really beautiful illustrations. And then it'll be like, oh, that's really funny. It just popped up. So it's called Sensitive Girls Cookbook. And it's these really beautiful illustrations of food. But then it'll be like, you're overthinking at brownies, sugar, flour, and like, let it go and trust that you're going to make the right decision. That is hilarious. What's a good movie you've seen recently or show? I'm getting like really into this question. So I actually just watched The Handmaid's Tale, which was really good, but it was really intense. And my husband was out of town and I was like, I can't sleep, but I can't stop watching this. So I think that speaks to how good the show was, but also (laughs) it was a lot for me. So I'm telling him he has to watch it. So when the next season comes out, we can watch it together and I can be a little less into it emotionally. All right. Um, Besides your phone or your wallet, what is something you never leave home without? Lately, it's been earrings. And that's kind of how my mom raised me to like always wear earrings. And for a while, I just stopped, but I've been getting some really cute pairs. And so now I just like to have a little bit of something on my ears. Super cute. All right. Last question. If you could go back in time to your younger self, what advice would you give her? Just be who you are, Um, especially as a three with that four wing. Like, it was just so easy for me when I was younger to shift and change to try and be cool. And I feel like there are so many times I could have had a lot more fun and had a lot less stress if I just owned who I was and what I wanted. That's gorgeous. I think that's a really important lesson for a lot of girls. Um, okay. Let me ask you this. Some people don't know how to take this question. What would you tell your future self right now? Ooh, this is such a good question. I just got like emotional thinking about this. Um, I think that I would tell my future self that I'm doing the best that I can with what I know now. Mm. That's gorgeous. I feel a little emotional when you said that. Yeah. It's just like that connection of, I think so much about my past self and I don't think as much about my future self, but yeah, I want her to know that I'm trying and, but I, I only know what I know and only have experienced the growth that I've experienced so far. And I'm trying not to screw us up too much. I think that's awesome. I think you're doing a great job, Taylor. How can my listeners find more about you and just plug into what you're doing? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram at Taylor Elise Morrison, E-L-Y-S-E. And then on my website at taylorelise.com. Those are probably the two best places to find me. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, don't forget about the show notes. It will have all the links that you need for the information from the show. And be sure to click that subscribe button and please leave a rating and a review if you have not yet done so. All right, my friend, stay strong, be kind. See you next week. Bye-bye.